Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. It is late March going into April and ice season's kind of wrapping up. Uh, here on the show, we're doing something new, something different. I brought on a co-host. He is Blake Tollefson. And what we're going to do is kind of come up with about four or five topics every week and just talk about those for a brief moment. Kind of a pardon the interruption style show like what you've seen on, seen on ESPN. We're going to go through every topic for about three minutes, just kind of hit on, on them. Obviously, as we go through the summer, uh, it's not going to be all ice fishing. But what we want to do is bring stories that we feel like Minnesota, Wisconsin, North Dakota anglers may be interested in. And that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, again, welcome Blake Tollison to the show. Blake, how's it going today? Good. Thanks for having me, Chris. This is, uh, I think this is going to be a fun deal here. Yeah, it should be really fun. Uh, today, we've actually got a really walleye loaded show, and it's uh, yes. definitely Minnesota centric. Uh, we're going to put the topics up on the board. And uh, first thing we're going to talk about is walleye regulations in Minnesota. I uh, just saw a video come out recently with Al Linder and a lot of the other kind of people that we think of when we think of the big stars in ice fishing and the big stars in fishing in Minnesota, uh, talking about a proposal to change the statewide walleye uh, daily limit from six to four. Blake, what do you think? Yeah, I saw that same video. I think in this day and age, it's it's time to make that change. Um, as you'd seen, it's I think it was 1956 sometime in that time when that fish walleye limit came into place a lot of things have changed since 1956 we're not using the same boats that we were using back then um, electronics have come along i mean things like you know live imaging 360 side imaging all that stuff is super accessible it's relatively affordable most people have that on their boats right now um, another thing is fishing pressure i mean we already had a lot of fishing pressure compared to the 50s you know before COVID, but with this COVID effect, there has been a ton more anglers on the water than ever before. I mean, I'm in Wisconsin. Uh, it's the same thing here as it is over there. We're just seeing way, way more pressure than ever before. Uh, my opinion, you don't need six fish. Um, you like to hear a lot of people, well, I, I got to feed my family. Take your family fishing. Um, four fish a person is way more than enough. You're not going to eat four fish by yourself. Um, and if you, you think you need that much, you can supplement it with sides. I mean, there's potatoes, salads, whatever else that you can add to that. Yeah, uh, you know, if you take two people out, you know, you and your wife or you and your your children, you know, that's that's eight fish. Um, so I think it's it's pretty clear that fishing pressure has uh, gone up considerably since the 1950s. Uh, equipment is better, but I guess how about a quick question for you? Is four far enough? Should they go to three? What do you think about that? I would be, I would definitely be in favor of that. Here in Wisconsin, our daily limit, our daily limit is five fish, but most of our lakes are a three fish limit. Three walleyes, that's a lot of fish. You know, yeah. and most of the time you're keeping something in that 15 to maybe 20 inch class, depending on the regulations. That's a good meal. For sure. Dennis Anderson in the Star Tribune this week uh, interviewed Paul Radomski. He's a uh, bio biologist from the Minnesota DNR, and he actually said something different because I was looking for people to have a different perspective. He said he doesn't think that going from six to four would make a really big impact. 
you go back and look at the creel surveys he said most angler effort type of uh, outings result in two walleyes so he said by doing this by going from six to five it would actually have about a three percent effect on the on the population going from six to four is about a seven percent so he's like hey more fish yes are you going to notice that amount of fish no this is really a social issue at this point going from six to four he said the the numbers from the creel surveys don't really back up um, this going from six to four actually making a difference in the walleye population what do you think about that yeah i I could definitely see that thing, but like you said, it is a, it's a social issue. Um, it's educating people to know that they don't need to keep six fish. Whether it makes a big difference or not, it's trying to change the culture, uh, promote more of that catch and release, which is important for, for our future generations. Yeah, so that's something, I mean, I've talked to a bunch of different uh, biologists, and when they're coming up with these laws, it's not always all about biological things. A lot of it comes down to kind of making people – uh, making people happy too. You got to make the lake happy, but you got to make the people happy as well. You're the yeah, you got to find that balance, right? The the other thing, you know, I think that they may want to look at. Maybe you go to a three fish daily limit, but you go you leave the possession limit where it is. Right now, that possession limit is is one daily limit. It's six. Uh, maybe you leave that that possession limit at, at six, but go to a daily limit of three. Uh, so that's right. it for topic number one. That's uh, we got about three and a half minutes in on that one. Let's go to topic number two. This is uh, Malax walleye regulations just released, and uh, as is usually the protocol, it's very complicated. <laughs> starting, <laughs> starting the opener, uh, May fourteenth to May thirty first. Possession limit is going to be one. And that slot, that twenty one to twenty three, is going to be there. Keep one over twenty eight. Uh, from June first to June thirtieth. All walleyes must be released July 1st to July 15th. Walleye fishing closed. They may not even be targeted. Then again, from the 16th to the August 31st, uh, only catch and release. And then starting September 1st, we go back to that one fish or one fish limit. Uh, what do you think about that, Blake? Well, it is confusing. Um, I understand both sides of the fence. I mean, I grew up fishing Mille Lacs. I grew up not far from there. I spent a lot of time there in my life. I understand, you know, allowing the, the need to keep keep some fish. I wish they could figure out a way to make this whole thing a little bit easier to stomach, a little bit easier to comprehend. I mean, I I don't know of any other lakes in the Midwest where it's this drastic change and just, uh, you know, one day you can keep a fish, the next day you you can't, and then two weeks later, you can keep a fish again, and then at this time, you can't even fish for those fish. Um, right. There's also the the bait regulations and the time regulations, too, that if you're not paying really close attention, you could get yourself into some trouble there. Um, you know, there's certain times of the year where you can't use live bait, and I think for basically the whole summer, you can't even fish after 10 p.m. So yeah. it's... It's really confusing. Uh, like I said, I do understand. I've fished Mille Lacs quite a bit the last few years, and it's a great fishery. It's, you know, one hand, it's really hard to comprehend that they can only allow for this one fish limit. I mean, I don't remember Mille Lacs fishing ever being as good, good as it is now. Like I said, I grew up fishing it all the time. And I remember, I mean, we a lot of people called it the Dead Sea at that time because you would go out there, you'd catch nothing or you'd catch a couple. But it's not uncommon to go out there now and catch, you know, 20, 30, 40, 100 fish in a day sometimes. So it's 
it's really hard to comprehend um, some of these regulations. I do feel for the resort owners, especially up there. I know this has taken a toll on them. So at least there, there's the opportunity to keep one for parts of the year, I guess. Yeah, it, it is very complicated. I know there's there's some parts where you can only fish until 10 o'clock, and there's other times where you can fish until midnight, and there's other times where you just can't fish at all in the dark. I mean, it's it seems... Um, like a lawyer kind of put this together because there's, there's so many little different uh, intricacies involved there. Now I'm guessing, you know, the July 1st, July 15th is a time period where, you know, the water's going to be warm. The fish are going to be a little bit more delicate at that point. But I think the main thing is that's where most of the pressure is people up for July 4th to do, do that week of fishing, trying to protect the fishery at that point. But um, like you said, you know, you've got this fishery now that is, is really, getting to be, you know, as good as we've ever seen it. Um, you know, the other thing, and again, it's kind of the elephant in the room is, you know, everything that's going on with the tribal issues and trying to uh, negotiate that. So you've got resort owners, you've got guides, you've got people who live there, you have these, you know, it's obviously the place where everyone goes uh, on vacation. So you have that, then you have the tribal folks too. And, and you have all these different uh, groups that are trying to um, kind of negotiate what's best for them and uh, what we've come up with now with with these uh, regulations to me are extremely complex and if you want to protect the fishery I completely understand that and we have all these groups that have input and want to have these things I completely understand that but let's just come up with something that you don't have to be a lawyer to figure out I think would be and there's there's right. the dog that's it three minutes we're done the dog didn't bark on the last topic but uh so that's it for the Malax topic for today. Let's go to the next topic. And this is uh, another walleye thing in another uh, story out of Minnesota. A uh, story recently published Outdoor Life and the Star Tribune. Minnesota man was charged last fall for being grossly over the limit on walleyes. Conservation officer found 59 walleyes in his freezer. Possession limit is six. Uh, pled guilty in November, paid just over $1,500 in fines. Uh, the conservation officer also said that he spent a few nights in jail. This was uh, the second time he was cited for being over the limit and the sixth natural resource-related citation in the past eight years. His excuse, he said uh, he likes to keep fish to serve friends uh, during the Vikings games. So, Blake, I ask you, is it time to get rid of the Minnesota Vikings altogether? <laughs> well, it would make uh, Minnesota sports fans... Um... They have to find something else to complain about, I guess. So, <laughs> um, yeah, this guy, I don't, it's hard to even come up with, understand his reasoning, I guess. I mean, that's darn near 10 times the legal limit. I, there's no excuse for it. It's just being selfish, being gluttonous. Like the article said, it's, I, I don't know. It, and it's the, like, it's not this guy's first time that he's been, been slapped on the wrist here. This is, I think, Crime number seven, if I remember right. I believe it was six, number six, yep. Number six. So there is no reason to keep that many fish. I understand wanting to have a fish fry. Lots of people like to do that, but there's other species out there. Go track down some crappies, some bluegills, whatever. Go find yeah. something else and have other people bring something to the table. There is zero reason for this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm happy to see that they were able to, you know, take care of this. You know, this guy can pay the fine. For the crime you committed that's how it is yeah 
So kind of an interesting thing, you know, like you said, this has happened before. This isn't his first time over the limit. It's not his first time with regulations. He paid about $1,500 in fines. Sounds like he got a a couple days in jail. Um, Somebody like that, though, do we take away uh, fishing and hunting privileges? I mean, at what point do you go, all right, enough's enough. And this is actually the second time, like I said, over, over the possession. Yeah, I think something like that would be fair in a situation like this. I think it's okay to give some leniency on, you know, if this was the first time, but this isn't the first time. Um, I've heard of people getting fishing rights, hunting rights taken away for, in my opinion, things that are less severe than this. So I do think that I would be in favor of something like that, having this guy's, whether it's for a three-year time span or five-year, whatever the, the standard protocol is. But I think that's something that a road they should go down, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that there's people out there, and, and I'll be willing to tell you, I, I have a citation on my record. I, I made a mistake. I read the regulations wrong, and, and that happens, and people do make mistakes. But when you yeah. seem to have kind of the same thing happen to over over and over again, and and these things happen, and, and maybe a, maybe it's not three to five years. Maybe it's one year. Maybe it's, uh, hey, buddy, take a year off and sit on the sidelines. The dog tells us it's time to stop talking about that one. Stop the dog. I've been working on training this dog for months <laughs> to get him to bark every three minutes. I found out today there was an app that does that for you. We're going to be talking more regulations. Next topic here, it's uh, sunfish regulations. I've been talking all walleyes here, but, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk. And obviously in the ice fishing world, we go after sun- or panfish. Panfish are a big part of the ice fishing deal and the, and the culture. Um, but over the last few years, there's more and more talk about how much more difficult it is to find the big ones. And I think, uh, you know, people are, are taking these home for dinner. And uh, the Minnesota DNR wants to protect these large, large panfish because once they're gone, it's very difficult to get them back in there. So dropping uh, the regulations to five fish, they did it a few years ago. And now starting uh, this year on uh, March 1st. They dropped, uh, I think, fifty some, fifty-two more lakes on those uh, those possession or those uh, daily bag limits. Yeah, I I think this is great. I'm super in favor of this. Kind of goes back to the walleye subject. There's other species. Um, there's other lakes. I think this is great for protecting those bigger panfish. I'm a big panfish guy, and I've seen um, a lot of lakes get decimated just in in my neck of the woods here in Wisconsin. So I, I really wish that we would apply something like this over to our lakes here. I, you look at like uh, Ottertail County lakes, some of those lakes up by Leech Lake, there's a, quite a few lakes that do have some of these limits and it's made a big difference. Um, you look at the panfish that come out of those areas and they're a lot bigger than most areas. And I wish we could see this more across the board. So I'm excited for Minnesota. I think this is awesome to see that 52 more lakes with with new regulations and like i said i hope that something like this eventually makes its way across the river or we see something like that in wisconsin yeah i, I remember as a as a young man in my teens uh reading articles about nelson lake that's up in sawyer county and yep. uh it was the place to go and I, I went up there a couple different years and and i remember uh the guy that i i was fishing with at the time he loved you know he loved to eat fish and when we caught him we kept him and I mean, I remember filling the the uh, live well with 150 fish on a few different occasions. At that time, the limit was 50 fish, and yep. we filled. I mean, it was rock solid with fish. 
And if you go to that lake today, it's nothing what it used to be. And it actually didn't take long for that to happen. And a couple of my favorite lakes here in Wisconsin uh, these days are 10 fish limits, which I think are great because um, the statewide limit's 25, but some of these lakes that get hit, it should be 10. And I like the five fish limit. Uh, one of the things though that I find really interesting, I spend a lot of time, probably too much time, uh, looking at YouTube comments and Facebook comments on stuff like this. And I keep seeing the th same thing over and over again. There's a lot of people that say, you know, they want the size limit on panfish. You shouldn't keep fish, well, you know, less than eight inches is what they say. You know, let, let them grow. And it's just like, well, guys, you really don't understand how this works, do you? Because really what yeah. we should be doing is putting those big ones back. And those smaller ones are the ones we should be eating because it's difficult you know, you basically stunt the population by pulling those big ones out. And uh, if you go back uh, somewhere around episode 50-ish, I talked to Dave Weitzel from the Minnesota DNR, and he really got into the nuts and bolts of, of how that works. Um, but I think uh, those big fish need to go back, guys, and, and eat those eight, seven, eight inches. Yeah, it's, it's a big deal for sunfish especially. I mean, crappies, it's, it's a little bit different. Perch, it's a little bit different. But bluegill size is really dictated by the biggest fish in that lake uh, when those bigger ones are taken out the small ones small ones come in and they're able to mature and breed at an earlier earlier size or earlier age and they don't need to grow i mean they're able to if they can produce at seven inches they're not going to wait till you know they're eight or nine inches to mature and be you know, they don't have to fight for for the nesting when there's no there's no bigger fish there right so let's let's make sure we're putting those big ones back uh, those eight-inch fish are great eaters. Um, in, in some lakes, you know, an eight-inch fish is as big as they get. So you kind of yeah. got to keep an eye on it. And I think that's something that I talked with Dave Weitzel about. He's like, we don't want to do this statewide because there are some lakes that we want people to take 20 fish out of because we just, there's too many. So, uh, you know, we talk about kind of the complicated uh, deal with Malax and everything going on there. And a lot of people are like, let's just make it five across the board in every lake. And uh, from a biological standpoint, uh, biologists actually have some lakes that they want people to take fish out of. But uh, the lakes that, that have these big fish, you know, they're trying to protect them. Let's go on to our last topic of the day. Recent report out that Lake Michigan ice coverage ended just below average for the year. Uh, projections had them well below average. Uh, ice coverage for Lake Michigan was 37% long-term average going uh, back all the way back to 1973 was 41%. But overall, ice coverage in the Great Lakes was 56%, which is slightly above average. Lake Michigan, Lake Ontario uh, were down, while Lake Erie, Erie and Lake Superior were above average. Uh, ice conditions on inland lakes this year was all over the board, though, Blake. I, I was just out yes, it uh, was. like a week ago fishing, and I literally, my auger was on the surface of the ice before I broke through. Had I had another inch or two, uh, I was out of business, and uh, it, I got a pretty long auger, but uh, snow coverage was a big story up north. Yeah, it made a big difference. I have I did not spend a lot of time up north this year as I typically do. Uh, I spent a lot more time closer to home. We did not get a lot of snow down here, so we had a lot of ice. But I ended up uh, up in the Hayward area this last weekend, and they were dealing with snow you know, most of the winter. They had less ice on some of the lakes than we had down here, which was just blew my mind. Like you said, I was out down here probably a week and a half ago, and I was down to my handlebars. Up there, it was, you know, maybe 14 inches of ice on some lakes. That was it. 
Right. So you can't yeah, always was, just assume that because you're further north, you got more ice. Right. I was drilling almost three feet of ice uh, just uh, northeast of the metro. And, you know, you go up north, and like you say, a lot of those reports, 16, 17, 18 inches, and then a bunch of snow and slush and crap on the top of it. Uh, one of the good things, though, one of the things that I talked to a guy up in Brainerd the other day, he said uh, tons of snow, tons of snow. They just got some more snow and, uh, you know, they need it up there with all the drought conditions we've, they've been facing over the last year or two. It certainly helped out. It obviously didn't help the ice conditions this year. It was really tough. But uh, yeah. hopefully that snow, you know, we, we had to close uh, the boundary waters last year just be, to protect it from fire. And hopefully uh, this kind of brings some much needed uh, moisture to that area. Yeah, for sure. I heard that, you know, there's a chance of another drier summer. So any moisture we can get is is appreciated. Yeah, good stuff. Well, Blake, this was it, man. We got through our five topics. I think uh, it was fun. Uh, we'll we'll work on uh, kind of doing some stuff for next week, but I, I enjoyed it, and I, I hope that you did, and I hope that the yeah, audience sure. enjoys this. Uh, what we really want to do is make sure that we can deliver a show to you every week. You know, once we get into the summer, it's really tough to get people to want to talk about ice fishing and going out in a wheelhouse and doing these things. So what I want to do, again, is, is bring some stories to you and help you understand what's going on in the world of fishing in the upper Midwest, and uh, Blake's going to help us out doing it. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.